Welcome into On the Prowl, an All Panthers podcast. I am your host, Matt Alcusa, and I am joined today, as always, by my good friend, Ian Black. Ian, how you doing, buddy? Welcome, Intrepid listeners. I am doing well. How are you doing, Matt? I am doing pretty well. It's been a solid couple of weeks in the Alcusa household. Um, truly have zero complaints here. Uh, the only complaint I have is that if you really knew me, you would know that I went to UNC Charlotte and they got ran off the field on Saturday in week zero against FAU. Uh, and that was hard to watch. And I had some pretty high hopes for the Niners this year, but I was let down a week before everybody else gets let down in college football. So that was a bummer. I, I think you you can safely say that they have been eliminated from the college football playoff before week one. Uh, yeah, you know, if they had won out, they have games against Power 5 schools, they play Maryland, and they play South Carolina, and if they were undefeated through that, they maybe would have <laughs> been ranked like ninth in the country. No, not really playing a powerhouse schedule. But yeah, they officially been eliminated from playoff contention with their loss on Saturday, which is a bummer. Go Niners, uh, baby. Kind of feels like they're eliminated from bowl contention too, unfortunately, which really sucks. But that is this is not a Charlotte 49ers podcast. This is a podcast for the other team that plays football in the city of Charlotte, the Carolina Panthers. And the preseason is over. We're done. The three meaningless football games are finished. And the Panthers were pretty close to making it through unscathed. Uh, but as you are aware by now, Sam Darnold out four to six weeks, high ankle sprain, Zane Gonzalez out for however long with a groin injury from a warm-up kick on Friday night, which is just classic Panthers. Um, so yeah, Panthers are in a rough spot in those two places, but all in all, an encouraging preseason. And the preseason ended uh, today with a trade for LaVisca Chenault. Ian, what are your thoughts on that trade? Big uh, umbrella thoughts on the LaVisca Chenault trade? Yeah, before we get to that, we also can't forget Matt Corral. Out for the year. Yeah, I've completely That's forgot about that. One. He probably wasn't going to see the field much anyways, but that, it's notable because we spent a third-round pick on him, which is kind mm-hmm. of a big deal. Uh, sucks for him. Sucks for that his rookie season has ended so soon. But, yeah. Uh, LaVisca Chenault, uh, we traded for him for an undisclosed draft pick. Um, whatever that draft pick is, it was probably too much because he was probably going to get cut anyways. We just kind of skipped the waiver line. Um, but... I'm all for it. He was fun in college. He's kind of like, he's a gadget player, but without the prototypical gadget player being 5'7 and running a 4'340 kind of build, um, I think he's interesting. I don't know if Ben McAdoo is the uh, offensive coordinator to take advantage of possibly resurrecting his career, but couldn't hurt to add some more talent. Does make the roster math of who makes the team a little strange. Um, but otherwise, I'm, no complaints here. I, I was expecting us to be in on Darius Slayton from the Giants. Um, so that's kind of the guy I was looking out for. So I was pleasantly surprised that we made a move, uh, and but some, even more surprised that it wasn't Slayton. Yeah, I thought we would be in on Denzel Mims, you know, the, to keep the Baylor pipeline strong. I mean, he's a Matt Rule college guy, so I kind of figured that he would be a guy that Matt Rule would target in a trade. Alas, it's LaVisca Chenault, does not have top-end speed. He's like a big, kind of like bruising wide receiver. And I honestly think he's more of like Christian McCaffrey insurance rather than an extra wide receiver. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I guess Foreman's a big bruiser himself. Uh, It'd be interesting. Playing him at running back? 
Yeah, I mean, Chenault lined up in the backfield a lot in Jacksonville. He's, like you said, kind of a gadget player that can line up all over the field. We don't have another running back on the roster who can replicate what Christian McCaffrey does. And no no one in the league can replicate replicate what Christian McCaffrey does. But LaVisca Chenault is, I mean, dollar store Christian McCaffrey. And they could do some fun things with him on offense. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, uh, I don't think he'll be stealing snaps soon from any of the big guys, but I, do, do you think that this trade uh, puts Terrace Marshall or Robbie Anderson, one of those guys that was probably pretty squarely making the team before this, uh, are their roster spots in any doubt right now? Uh, Robbie more than Terrace Marshall. From what the Panthers reporters were saying today, it seems like Terrace Marshall's spot on the team is safe, which if you had asked me that, 12 hours ago when I woke up this morning, I thought there was a chance that he wouldn't make the team. I mean, Joe Person from The Athletic released his roster prediction and Terrace Marshall was not on the team in that. And I feel like he's one of the more plugged in beat riders that the Panthers have. So I was wondering if that was a little bit of foreshadowing. Um, but yeah, maybe another, this a Robbie Anderson trade follows this, but I don't, I don't really see the point. I think what this does is you were kind of saying it crunches the roster math. I think this means that Andre Roberts isn't going to make the roster and Shai Smith will be the full-time punt returner is what I think this does for the team. So the Panthers will keep DJ, Robbie, Terrace Marshall, uh, Shai Smith, LaVisca Chenault, and Richard Higgins, which means that Andre Roberts will be cut along with Brandon Zilstra, Derek Wright, um, CJ Saunders, and a couple other guys who've been bouncing around a training camp. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. It's obviously we've talked about it before. The Panthers have a very top-heavy wide receiver room, whereas the top is DJ Moore, and that outweighs literally the rest of the room combined. But I, I wasn't really expecting a move for a receiver like this, or I guess I was expecting it because it's been rumored for a while. But did, do we did we really need a Lavisca Chenault? Did we did we need a Slayton or a Mims or any of those guys? Or is this just kind of throw in something at the wall and see what sticks. No, I think if you were to put betting odds on the Panthers trading for a certain position, I think the odds on favorite for most fans would have been something on the edge or some defensive line reinforcements. And there's a couple of guys at the bottom of the roster and training camp who flashed as uh, Marquan McCall had a couple, had a sack on Friday night and looked really good, very disruptive at defensive tackle. And I think he worked his way onto the team, but the Panthers are still thin at edge. I'm, assuming that they'll make a make a move for somebody who gets cut in the next couple of days to kind of bolster the defensive end room. But yeah, no, not for a playmaker. I think that's one of the strengths of the Panthers roster is the wide receiver running back room. Not that it's inc- not that it's great and it's not that it's a crazy strength like the Bengals or the Rams or anything, but yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't think that it was necessary by any means. Yeah, well, I, I'm interested to see what that undis- undisclosed draft pick ends up being. I feel like it'll probably end up being just like a conditional seventh. But, mm. I mean, if it's anything more than that, it's just another example of us throwing away a pick we probably didn't need to. You know, I am a proponent of trade your day three picks for veterans. Yeah. Uh, but generally, you can trade them for some more established veterans, even if you have to move from the seventh to the sixth or sixth to fifth or whatever. You know, like when the Ravens were... Are, like the Ravens are a perfect example. They they trade for a former pro bowler who's 36 years old who comes in and dominates on the defense every year for like a fifth-round pick. What, was LaVisca Chenault the best use of that? Who knows? Whatever. Speaking of seventh and fifth-round picks, I was just opened my phone and saw this an hour ago. Dennis Daly traded to the Titans. 
uh, Dennis Daly in a 2024 seventh in exchange for a fifth round pick from Tennessee in 2024. So, oh, wow. I, I, I missed that. I just got home from, uh, yeah, no, that's wild. Interesting. I mean, I guess he was also on the bubble. So, I mean, it makes sense. Get you, get what you can for him. Uh, yeah. He, he's just, I, I like having a guy like him in the roster because he can play all across the line. Uh, he's average at best at all five positions, but that's better than what the Panthers have been toting out the last couple of years. So interesting. Yeah. I mean, I guess that going. speaks to the health and the consistency they've brought in if they're willing to get rid of that, of Dennis Daly at this point. So I'll take it. Yeah, whatever. Sure. Yeah, we're all apparently Scott Fetter's all about trading out future picks for quarterbacks, so why not add some more ammo to that? <laughs> ammo to the crate for that. All right, well, let's get to the meat of this. Uh, let's talk about 2022 Carolina Panthers season predictions, Matt. Come on. All right, uh, we're going to go through a bunch of different things, but let's just start. Number one, how many games are the Panthers winning this season? As badly as I want to say more than this, and you told me that you were going to be optimistic on this episode. So I'm hopeful that your answer is optimistic, but I think the Panthers win eight games this year. They play a tough schedule. They have some tough road games, obviously a couple of games against the Bucks. Yeah. I think eight games is the ceiling for the Panthers this year. Eight and nine is my sets the ceiling. I think they'll probably end up seven and 10, Six and eleven, depending on how some fluky bounces go, but the ceiling for me is eight and nine. I'll take that. That that makes me feel better. I feel like I'm being optimistic and saying we have a chance of hitting the over on the Vegas win total, which is five and a half games. Mm-hmm. Um, I I feel like six games is attainable, um, and that is something that I've come around on a little bit. Maybe I'm just excited for some football, but. Uh, we're pretty home-loaded early in the season. Uh, there's a chance to build some consistency. The earlier part of the season isn't too bad. Uh, the end of the season, can be. it looks like it might be a little bit of a meat grinder uh, in some of the places, especially as we play some more away games. But uh, this feels like a team that has the chance to hit a similar fluky stride to last season early and maybe bolster what otherwise might be a even more disappointing win total. I, I'm going to say... I'm going to say 6 and 11. And I feel pretty strongly that it'll be within a game of that. Mm. That's fair. What what will it take for them to exceed that by 3 games? Wait, what would it take for the Panthers to have a winning record? Uh I think the biggest thing is I mean if we're going to hit 6 games that already means that Baker was competent in my eyes. I think Baker's competency is what is the only thing that gets us to six games. Sure. Um, I think if we're going to get above that, that means that someone on the defense has emerged opposite Brian Burns. Uh, that means that the linebacker situation becomes pretty clear. And that means that someone on the team figured out how to stop the run besides Derek Brown, who still hasn't been like super stellar at it. Mm. Um, I think that's the biggest thing. I, We'll be in some games on defense and make some flashy plays, uh, but the baseline for the rush defense is really going to have to raise, and the baseline for rushing the passer is really going to have to raise for us to sniff 500 in my eyes. Hmm. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it's like I was just saying, I'm, I would be shocked if Scott Fair doesn't make a move for some defensive line depth. Because the starters are, again, they're good. The, the starters are an average to maybe above average unit. 
but you get past those starters, there is just a lot of unproven guys on the like second line of the defensive line. Yeah, I get that. All right, let's go with some bold predictions for the season. We'll do a little switch back and forth. We'll do one, then uh, you'll do one, I'll do one. We'll go from there. Matt, what's your first bold prediction for the Panthers 2022 season? My first bold prediction for the Panthers season is that Frankie Louvu leads the team in sacks. Ooh. That's not a not an indictment on Brian Burns. I think he's going to just see a lot of attention from opposing defensive or from opposing offensive lines. Uh, so he's going to be the one that gets double teamed a lot. And I think that Frankie Louvu is kind of going to be like a the queen of the chessboard for the front seven. And he is going to if for the Panthers win games, he's going to have to wreak havoc. So I think that he will end up leading the team in sacks. Okay, I'll take that. What? Give me a number. Throw, throw a number out. How many sacks is that going to be? Is he going to lead this team in sacks with six sacks, or uh, seven and a half? And then Brian Burns, Brian Burns will have like seven. So it's it's going to be close, but seven and a half sacks is my my prediction. So that's a backdoor prediction that Brian Burns is going to have the lowest sack total of the last few years. And I think he is going to be the focal point for opposing offenses. And like I said, Frankie Louvu is going to feast on the other side of the line. Okay, I'll take it. I'll take it. I, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I would be so excited if Frankie Louvu ended up doing that. Um, I'll go with my first bold prediction. Should I start out? Should I start out hot or should I start out soft and build my way up? What do you think? Uh, start soft and build your way up. I kind of came up the top rope with my first one. Bring us down a little bit. All right. Well, if if you know me, if you've been listening to me. Uh, you'll know that this is the softest take I have. And then uh, Rashard Higgins, who has 1,890 career receiving yards and has never had more than 599 receiving yards in a season, we'll call it around 600, is going to set a new career receiving high by at least 150 yards. So that I'm, I'm predicting at least 750 receiving yards for Rashard Higgins this season. Solidified himself Solidifies himself as the number two on a competent receiving attack. Okay. I like that. And that plays into my next take. DJ Moore has the lowest amount of receiving yards he has had in a season this year, because I think Baker Mayfield is going to spread the ball around a little bit more. I think Robbie will see an uptick in receptions and yards from last year. Hopefully Christian McCaffrey stays healthy and he ends up with more yard receptions than last year. And then the chemistry that Rashard Higgins and Baker Mayfield come to Carolina with um, means to me that Rashard Higgins is going to have a decent year. So DJ Moore will have the lowest amount of production he's had in his career so far this year. Okay. I'll take it. Um, this is another one. I, it's another receiving based one. Um, but uh, I predict that Christian McCaffrey will finish with the third most receiving yards on the team. Uh, Betting-wise, I think he is projected to be second, if not first, by pretty much everyone. And there's a pretty large gap in most people's eyes. Uh, I'm going to say Christian McCaffrey's receiving is going to take a yards-wise. It's going to take a step back purely out of volume and not quality uh, this coming season. Uh, just an attempt to limit touches, uh, limit maybe some open field tackles. He's still going to get his, I mean, he's still going to have uh, 1,500 all-purpose yards, get six 600 receiving-ish yards, something like that. But 
I'm not I'm not predicting a 1000-1000 season again even with the full healthy season this year. I'm going to put you on the spot for another prediction. How many games does Christian McCaffrey play? Ugh. Over under over under 12 and a half. Over under 12 and a half. Well, the number that came to my mind was 11 before you said that. <laughs> okay. Um so I'm going to say 12 games right on right at the under. Uh I think that's pretty reasonable. Uh, the more games we lose, the lower that number is going to be. Uh, I don't think they have any desire to run Christian McCaffrey to the ground. I think the GM probably doesn't want him run to the ground with a lame duck coach. Uh, mm-hmm. If we're not winning games, all of these numbers go down. And like we both have predicted, we're, I don't think we're going to be winning that many games. So uh, I think we'll drop it. All right, give me give me one more. Give me one more, and I'll give you one more. Well, okay, my last one. The Panthers will have a top fifteen, top twelve defense, and they are top five in the league in takeaways. Wow, what what gets us there? What how does that work? Uh, a healthy JC Horn. I think the defensive secondary is going to go back to the Thieves Avenue days, and they will have more interceptions than they've had in the past couple of years. Um, and I kind of like what Phil Snow does uh, as a defensive coordinator. We've talked about that in episodes past. Um, and I think the Panthers have a little more fumble luck this year. They just have playmakers on defense. Like we keep talking about like the, the starters on the defense are all like pretty good. I think they're the bones of an above average defense are there. In my opinion, it's just when they get the depth behind them is what is questionable at a lot of positions, but in the ideal world, all these starters stay healthy and the Panthers' defense causes trouble for a lot of teams they play in. Like I said, they're top five in the league in takeaways. Huh. Okay. I mean, I, I can see it. I think if we're going to do anything good on a defense, it's going to be takeaways just with those playmakers we have. So I'm on board with that. I can see that. All right. My last one. Um, my prediction is that J.C. Horn will win Comeback Player of the Year. Oh, uh, I like that. Second second year player, it's almost not really a comeback. Can you can you really call it a comeback? Who knows? It's all about the narrative. Uh, but I think he's good enough to set the world ablaze. I think he's fun, and I think if the Panthers are going to be good, it's going to be partially because he's set the world on fire enough to have that narrative. It's a narrative driven award, uh, and I'm all for that narrative. No, why not? J.C. Horn, comeback player of the year. I think he makes his first Pro Bowl, um, and I think he is a whole lot of fun. I really like that prediction, and I hope that comes true because I'm a huge J.C. Horn fan. Yeah, and that, that was close. The, my my secret left off the list bold prediction was Matt Ioannidis makes Pro Bowl. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I, that, <laughs> I, I know I'm saying it out loud on air, but that was the I don't want to put that on an air take. Um, so you can't quote me on it, but you hear me saying it in case it comes true. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to add, this is another kind of prediction, and this maybe will lead into our, our next segment on player props. I'm going to give you the an over-under of three and a half pro bowlers for the Panthers. I'll say two and a half. Two and a half pro bowlers for the Panthers. Do you take the over or the under on that? And if you're taking, whichever one you take, you got to tell me who you think it is. I will take the over. Okay. And I will say, if I was betting... I would say over, and I would bet McCaffrey. 
I would bet Horn, and I would bet Burns. Okay. I want. I still think DJ Moore is the best non-Christian McCaffrey player on the team, but I think the position is too stacked, and he we don't play in an offense for him to make the Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. So I'd say I'm if I was betting, I would say over, and it would be Horn, Burns, and McCaffrey. Okay. Where are you at? Um, I probably should set the line at three and a half uh, because I also would, I in two and a half I would take the over. Um, I think Frankie Louva will be a Pro Bowler. It's my it's my bold prediction, hot take. I, I love the guy, man. I I love watching him play. I like that again. He's kind of like that queen on the chessboard kind of deal, where he plays all over the place, lines up in different places, uh, kind of rush the passer. Also, is decent in coverage against some like bigger tight ends, running backs. Uh, so if he's going to lead the team in sacks, I think he's going to make the Pro Bowl. Uh, so him, Horn, McCaffrey, and then I think one of the tackles makes the Pro Bowl as well. I think Taylor Moten or Icky yeah, can make the Pro Bowl as a rookie. Yeah, I, I don't know if Icky will make one this year, but I, I could definitely see Moten just incumbently falling into a Pro Bowl spot. It's time, man. He is so solid, and I feel like he has yet to get the recognition from the NFL media and fandom as a whole that he deserves. Not the tackles ever get a ton of love, but he deserves it. Yeah, I mean, like he doesn't get the love of like a Bakhtiari type guy. Granted, Prime Bakhtiari was a lot better than Moten, but I mean, granted, I, I feel like he's right on that cusp of being talked about like that. But I feel like most fans outside of Carolina just don't really care that he exists, you know? Right. All right. uh, Moving on. Let's do some player props and we'll do some over-unders and stuff like that. You got one for me? Yeah. The first one I have is Christian McCaffrey. His over-under total regular season rushing and receiving yards is set at 1,595 and a half over under let's say basically let's say 1600 combined rushing and receiving yards for Christian McCaffrey uh that's pretty much the number I threw out earlier uh I am gonna go ahead and take the under uh I'm gonna say somewhere around 850 900 rushing another 650 receiving uh so I guess that puts it over. So ignore what I just said. I can't do math. Uh, <laughs> that, I think he'll be. I think that's a good line. I'll say over. Uh, but I mean, it's all health dependent. Yeah, I was gonna say that. That bet is truly. Do you think Chris McCaffrey is going to stay healthy? If yes, over. If no, under. Because sixteen hundred feels like a lock in a seventeen game season for him. That's forty five receiving yards and rushing yards per game to get over 1600. Like that's again, feels like a lock for him. Um, if he stays healthy. So I will also take the over on that because I'm assuming that he does. Let's go to the other side of the ball. Uh, I get, I gave my answer on this one earlier, but Brian Burns, his sack total over under 10 sacks for Brian Burns. I'm going to say under, uh, I think he's talented enough for, to hit that over um, clear. Uh, but I think defenses are going to be able to, zone in on him so easily uh and i think the panthers are going to be trailing a lot so there's going to be less less opportunities to rush the rush the passer over the course of the season so i'll take the under pretty comfortably mm-hmm. yep yeah, yeah same for me i already said it i think he'll end up with seven sacks uh which would be a career low for him which would be a, a little bit of a disappointment uh, but I think now that he's kind of moving up into the upper echelon of defensive ends, he's going to be getting that same treatment that some of those elite guys do. 
Um, all right, we'll flip back. Baker Mayfield. Uh, we'll do a couple for him. Over under 22 and a half passing touchdowns for Baker Mayfield. I think that's a good number. I'll say over. I, I see somewhere more in the 26 to 28 range, and I feel good about that. Yeah, I think over as well, and he might hit that in week one in that revenge game against Cleveland. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, but yeah, I think over as well. I think, it, I, again, if he stays healthy, the Panthers have the weapons and the line for him to reach that easily. Um, okay, here's the other one for Baker. Over under 13 and a half interceptions. Over. Very over. clearly. Wow, over. okay. I, I don't think we will have the volume for a 30-30 Jameis type season. Uh, but I'm going to say somewhere around like a 26 touchdowns, 19 interceptions type of season. Yeah, I was I was just going to say like 26 touchdowns, 16 interception kind of deal. So I'm with you on the over on that one as well. Yeah, I mean, I, that's what you're getting with Baker. He's the most interception prone quarterback in the league as it stands. Hopefully he can rein it in and his arm's healthy. But... He's with a brand new team, brand new coach, brand new system. I don't expect him to be flawless as year one if he were to stay around longer than a year. Uh, I think this is more just proving that he can uh, have as far away from a one-to-one ratio as possible. I think that's his biggest goal for this season. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. Um, again, bullish on the his potential leading this offense, but I think the under the over on the interceptions is definitely the way to go on that bet. Um, all right, let's find some team-specific. What we said the over-under for the Panthers was six and a half. Um, what do you take on that? Your official prediction, over-under six and a half. I'm going to go under with just half a game. I'm, I'm mm. thinking six. Okay. Yeah, I will take the over on that because I'm hopeful for seven or eight. But I think that is a, a really good line. Yeah, I, I think I've seen some books with us with the Panthers as low as four and a half. So mm. uh, I'm I'm happy for whichever book we're looking at right now that said six and a half. <laughs> yeah, I that was there was the one book I looked at said six and a half. Everything else is five and a half, five. So that if you I'll want take to, you over if you want a better if you want a better Panthers under, go. I lost the page, but go find the book that is offering six and a half wins for that because that feels a little bit out there compared to other places that I've seen. That's a good line to shop, but this isn't gambling advice. <laughs> yes, this is not gambling advice. We don't condone gambling in, as we both live in states that it is illegal to do so. Um, any other player props that you want to look up? Any other players that you can think of? Uh, I want to see what the props are on um, the tight ends. And I know that's a super not glamorous thing to say. But what what are Ian Thomas, Tommy Tremble lines looking like? Uh, they don't have lines. They only have for... Yeah, there's no lines available for Ian Thomas. As it should be, honestly. Uh, Tommy Tremble, you can bet him at plus 20,000 for most receptions in the league and plus 15,000 <laughs> for most receiving touchdowns in the league. Do you think anyone has ever would ever consider making that bet like is there a world like if you make the best justification you could possibly make for that bet right now i have to hear it uh if you decide to make that bet you are a 
sick individual who has too much time <laughs> and too much money <laughs> to blow. There truly is not a way for that to cut that to happen. Uh, the only way is that if we continue to see Baker Mayfield have this chemistry with tight ends that he showed in Cleveland and he just hyper targets Tommy Tremble for whatever reason. But yeah, anybody making that bet is someone who again has too much money and a gambling problem and what's like one in hundred gambler is the ad on every podcast I listen to. So <laughs> I would send them that phone number for them to call. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'll give you plus a hundred thousand on it. Do you still not take the bet? <laughs> no, I, I don't. It's, it's truly a waste of money. <laughs> that's just, again, throwing money away. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's about it. Honestly, the Panthers are one of the least interesting player prop teams in the league this season. And that's okay. That This season is not about player props. It's not... I, the players are trying to prove that we have a competent core, not that we have some stars in the making. I think that's okay that, honestly, Baker Mayfield is and Christian McCaffrey are about the end of the interesting props. And that that's fine for this season. Now, if that's the case in a year or two, I'll have a bone to pick. But sure. for now, that's fine. All right, last one. If you had one wish for this season, Matt, one wish for the Panthers, what would it be? My one wish for the Panthers is that they are playing competitive football in the end of December. I I know that we have already kind of given our record predictions, and it is unlikely that the Panthers will be competing for a playoff spot. However, the NFC is bad. And we talked about this on our last episode. So there is a world that the Panthers are seven and eight going into the last two weeks of the season. And they're still fighting for a playoff spot. And at that point, I'm forgetting about any potential draft slot. If the Panthers are fighting for a playoff spot, I want them to go out there and win. I want them to fight for a playoff spot. And I want to go to a game in Bank of America Stadium that like feels like it has stakes. Uh, I, I haven't been to a game in Bank of America State that has felt like it's had stakes in years, it feels like. So my one wish for the Panthers is that they're playing competitive football late into the season for the first time in a couple of years. I mean, yeah, that's a, that's a wonderful one. Uh, I think that's something we could all use down in Charlotte. It would be a lot of fun. Uh, my one wish for this season, my wish is that Baker Mayfield plays well enough that we do not have that the Panthers do not need to sink any more capital into quarterback anytime soon. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't play so well that incompetent coaching is rewarded. That is my wish for this season. I want Baker Mayfield to prove that he's the guy, but I don't want him to save anyone who shouldn't stick around. And that is my. <laughs> that is my take. <laughs> what does that look? What does that season look like? Uh, for me, that looks like a two to one touchdown uh, to interception ratio. Maybe like a twenty six to thirteen. Um, that looks like some competitive fourth quarter moments. That looks like uh, a strong leadership uh, in the locker room and getting along with his teammates well. Uh, that looks like some great press conferences. And it still looks like losing 11 games. Uh, th- that's, that's what 
I think could be the uh, avoid the most heartache while still being uh, relatively uh, reasonable in terms of future success and roster management. Uh, that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping for a two to one touchdown to interception ratio and a different head coach next year. Mm. Okay, I like that, and I I think that's very doable with this with this roster. Yeah. I think is very doable for Baker to have a decent season, but then to get a regime change at the end of it. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for, and that's great. Uh, maybe if he play now, if he's playing close to that, but it isn't clear. I want him to play so poorly that they can't help but trade all of their draft picks for the next 10 years for CJ Stroud or whoever it be. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I need it to be all or nothing, nothing in the middle. The mediocrity will perpetuate the current Tepper impatient led cycle. Yep. And that is something we cannot have. Mm. Um, yeah. Well, that's all I got for you today, Matt. Uh, any thoughts, any lasting thoughts? No, that's, I think I've said it all. Uh, I'm excited, man. I'm, I can't wait to watch this team in action two Sundays from now. Uh, it is going to feel like a lifetime between now and then, but I cannot wait for the Panthers to take the field. I think that game against Cleveland is going to be a really good one, and I'm hopeful that we can come out with a week one victory. Hey, go Thurs, baby. Okay, before we before before we end this, before we go anywhere, I hate when people call the Panthers the Thurs so much, and I just need to get that on the record. I don't I don't like you any less for saying it, but when people call the Panthers, no, I, I never the say it. That was that was purely a joke. Now, what the worst one that I want to catch on is I want people to start calling them the Pants. Ooh, the see, pants. I'm in. Like, I'm in on the Pants. Pair of pants. Yeah, come yeah. on, pants. Go pants. Um, I love it. It's gross, it's cringy, and it is just amazing enough for a bad team to make it fun to say, you know? Uh, you can't say that for a Super Bowl contending team, but if you start saying it now, then it would be this amazing inside joke when they win the Super Bowl in 10 years, you know? In the team's current state, why not? Go pants. <laughs> why not, you know? Throw stuff at the wall as fans. Now's the time to get creative because no one's watching, you know? Let's do some outlandish stuff. That, that's what I want. Uh, between now and two Sundays from now, that's what I want. As I want Panthers fans as a whole to come together and come up with some ridiculous stuff. Uh, the, the equivalent of when we get good with the Bills fans smashing people through plastic tables, you know? Mm. I want yep. something like that. That's just us, you know, or like throwing the fish on the ice in the hockey games or whatever it is. Something stupid. Yeah, come up with come up with something. If you're if you've made it this far in this podcast and can think of a Panther specific thing for us to do, let us know. Let us know what you think. At MLKeys at eight on Twitter, at what's it, Ian underscore black fourteen. Is that your I think so. Something like okay. that. You'll figure yeah, it close, out. Close enough. Yeah. Cool. Hey, thanks for listening. Uh, we got football in less than two weeks. We get the Panthers on the field in less than two weeks. I can't wait for it. I speak for Ian. He can't wait for it either. We'll talk to you guys before then. Go pants, baby. Go pants. Go pants.